Hi, this is Fabio Brianza from Baraja, and this is Episode of Stupidity Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hi. What is this? What's what, those noises? What these microphones these, doing here? What, what what the fuck is this? But in the background. In the background is good stuff. In the background is the song A Passage for Lost Years. This title track. The title track off of Varaha's uh, prosthetic debut. Again, A Passage for Lost Years. And um, a different song at the end. Something right. different. We'll be playing the... something different at the end. I just pointed at Brian. Nobody saw that, but I did. I saw it. And uh, yeah, good we're stuff. back. We're, we are back for now, and we're gonna call that good stuff as well. I guess I don't know. Good for maybe a few people, not good for me because I gotta have to edit shit again. <laughs> That's the worst. Carrying this computer in on Monday morning, going, Ugh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Varaha background, good stuff. If you like your doom uh, kind of post metalish and orchestral, just different than all the other shit, cinematic, Man, cinematic. That's what it's in the this, description, and that is. To a T, what it's, it is. Uh, it's fucking perfect. It goes, it, you know what? We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah. Anyways, Brian, hi there. <sighs> what have been listening to? Well, Clint, my Spotify doesn't work anymore. On your computer, it You're still right. works on your. Yeah, I still have my phone, but that's a pain in the ass. Um, I've, I've been listening to a lot of country lately, honestly. You're it's summer, summerness for me. You're awful. Um, yeah, I've got away from some moon tooth a little bit. I, I would like killed I've got, it too I've much. Finally moved away from it a little bit too. Killed it too much. I got to come back. I've I've listened to some Sublime um, a couple times. Just nothing really crazy good. Nothing. Yeah, nothing reports uh, per metal. I the past. I don't know what to do with you sometimes. I know. I know. I've uh, believe it or not, more and more every day, I listen to stuff without vocals. So this week's was uh, some Pelican and, of course, some Russian Circles because they go hand in hand. I got on a good uh, Mother Iron Horse run. We are not. We have no chance of talking to them, right? Mother Iron Horse? Yeah, they're big. Mother Iron Horse. Yeah. No, yeah, we can talk to them, I'm sure. Oh, okay, then I'll shut up. Yeah. You want to? I will set that up. Well, no, not really. I just, it was their name is just, just bad. I'm setting that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got on a random run of uh, Three Teeth. I, I assume that's how you pronounce it. Some good industrial. Uh, I like that. I did listen to that. I liked that stuff. It's man. good, man. It's, you you uh, described it as old ministry. It, it's the ministry album that I've been wanting f- since Psalm sixty nine, Filth Pig. It, it's fucking yeah. It's good. I I kind of it took me back to some older Manson. But yeah, better. yeah. Golden Age of Grotesque and yeah. shit like that. And I I I mean, I w- I could listen to that maybe three times a year that album but it's good it's oh, a lot it's it. it's industrial but it's not nine inch nails industrial it's right. way heavier you can't compare it to nine inch nails it doesn't right. sound anything like right that. i want to put that out there because the people that listen know right I hate nine right inch right, nails. right. <laughs> um shit i think i've listened to that album like three times today already and a band called 68 i've been listening to a little bit here lately uh with the numbers today yeah i i found them through whores where i seem to find everything mm-hmm. um and I, I've been li- I've listened to their latest album a handful of times here. In the Are we past. ever going to tell that on this fucking Three, story on, what? Pod, on this podcast? Your you want story? to? Well, yeah, of course. It's a good story. Right now, 
maybe. I'll insert it here if we have time. Okay. Um, 68, they're kind of noise metalish. They're not afraid to go heavy. They're not afraid. They're garage. I think garage rock would probably be the better way to describe them, but they're not afraid to go heavy. It, uh, you specifically, check them out. Let me know what you think sooner or later. 68? 68. <laughs> I don't know. The name. I don't know. Come on. Come on. You're a musician. You're more creative than that. What's people. funny is when you pull them up on Spotify and you, you click on the related artist thing, it's all bands with numbers. Three teeth? <laughs> no. Three <laughs> teeth doesn't pop up. It's Most of them are rappers. Or three, three, three. Fever, it's fever, just three, a bunch of fucking numbers. It's like, Spotify, I don't think you're trying very hard. <laughs> uh, go home. You're drunk, Spotify. <laughs> all right. Speaking of getting drunk, let's have some fun with... Um, Oh, Varaha. I've missed your fucking terrible Varaha. connections. Varaha? Varaha. Varaha. Remember, Zayas brought him up, and I had like a minor drunken freak out about it. How do you spell oh, that? Oh, that was it. them? Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So we're going to talk to Fabio, um, the mastermind behind a lot of this, apparently. Kind of dot, oh, is he here in America? Yes. He's in America. Okay. There, that's another Chicago band. Okay. So we're going to Chicago. He's actually, we'll talk to him. Yeah. Ring. He answered. We are 100% with this. It's crazy. Except for the times that we didn't hit and just didn't record it. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell people that. Okay. Uh, on the line, <laughs> we've got Fabio from Varaha. Fabio, how are you this lovely Saturday? I've been great. Thank you. Where are you at in the world? I'm in Chicago, Illinois. Is it hot as shit there right now? It is 100 degrees right now. Yeah, we're, we're right there with you we here. Um, and Clint had said, I didn't know this, you have a show tonight. Is that an outdoor show? Yeah, in this outdoor festival, the okay. red lighting, and Ooh. woo, it's going to be rough. But you said you go on later, so maybe it'll be cooled down by Hopefully. then? Hopefully. We're praying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what festival is that again, real quick? It's a Dale Doom Festival at uh, Metal, Metal Monkey Brewing in Romeville, Illinois. Okay. Uh, if I remember right, you've got another big festival coming up, don't you? Yeah, we're very excited about that. We're playing Scorch Tundra Ooh. with a Black Cobra and I Hit God, and uh, that's going to be amazing. That's out. When is that? Oh, that's going to be August 30th. And where? In Chicago, Illinois. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Scorch Tundra, those two versions of the, the same festival, the one, one, one festival in, in Stockholm in Sweden, uh-huh. and then one in Chicago at Empty Bottle. Okay. Chicago people, be there. It's going to be Christ. good for Let's sure. <laughs> Chicago's got a dude, scene, I'm dude. I'm telling you, it's nuts. They got a fucking scene out there. Oh, man. So, anyways, anyways, to Varaha. Go ahead. Go ahead, Fabio. No, I, I agree on you. It's, I'm not sure about what you call a scene anymore at this point. I love, I love calling it a community, honestly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There okay. you go. Yeah. I, I know, a lot of people use the word scene. You know, it's like, you know, pop stop here and there in interviews. And I'm like, well, you know, here, a lot of us have known each other for 20 years. Some right. people are adults and some people are business owners. So, like, you remember the old days when, you know, the metal folks were the first entrepreneurs, you know, starting with the, the small distros and the magazines and such. All of a sudden, all these people are business owners, and they all support each other. Some people have metal restaurants, metal bars, yeah. and such. And and I think this community, outside of the music, the people themselves, is what made this, this city so wonderful and beautiful. That Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I like the I like the term, too, community. It's more inclusive and all, the, all that fun stuff. That's uh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's good. Nailed so it, you're a uh, gigantic cinematic uh, album that came out in what April, I believe it was. Yeah, April twenty sixth. Let's talk about that 
fucking monster of a listen, man. How how much fun was it putting all that together, or was it excruciating? First, first I want to override Clint here. I want to know when you started working on that piece. You know what? Uh, a lot of people, a lot of that stuff is actually pretty recent, you know, because uh, the way I work, uh, of course, I brought up some music from some of my old music that we kind of work together with the rest of the guys. But when it comes down to it, uh, when we sound with prosthetic, we want to like pretty much produce fresh material that mirrored somehow what I was going through, what we were going through in our life right here and right then, you know, sometimes, you know, like you want to promote older music and older, almost like an older product, but sometimes that music does not necessarily reflect what's going on right here and right now in your life right. and in the world. So we try to like pretty much work on new stuff for the record. We almost put aside some of the old compositions and say, you know what? We're going to like for the full length, the moment we, the moment we sign with prosthetic, we decided to kind of like work on all new stuff. Climax and Exile is the, possibly the only track from the LP that was actually written prior. Originally was supposed to be included in the EP, but we decided to actually, it kind of worked together well with the full length, but everything else is fresh. Nice. So are we talking like, you know, a year to write the album? Are we talking months? No, we're probably, I was like, Eight a year, let's say a year. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, that stuff. Uh, go, go ahead with Clint's question. I just got stuff like that. That's just I can't wrap my head around where you even begin on writing music like this. Well, so. yeah, that uh, we're uh, we're talking about the same thing essentially here. It's right. just that I want to know, you know, how you are the main songwriter, correct? Well, myself and Joel Hollis, the guitar player as well, we, we really feed off each other. You know, I don't want to take credit for everything. You know, I composed and conducted all the orchestral uh, compositions. But as far as the metal, it's definitely group effort. And kind of like to answer, let me like find a way to explain this, really. Sure. Even when I come up with a concept or an idea, even a finalized song structure, in the end, afterwards, we all analyze it together. So even, you know, the bass player, Brian Gold, the drummer, David Swanson, and especially my co-composer, Joel Hollis, we pretty much reanalyze the material that I have brought to the table and together we dissect it, analyze it, work around it. And let's say I have a song with a main theme and all of a sudden we're playing it and I come up with a musical counterpoint that ends up being almost more impactful, more powerful than the original than the original riff. And we're like, you know what? Let's use this riff instead. So That's what I'm a whole going through right now. <laughs> lot of uh kill your kill your darlings process. So after all this like hard work, it really becomes a team effort and like a big group, like a three process. The first process is a creative process. The second process is analyzation with everybody. And the third process is restructuring everything with everybody, make sure that everything has meaning and it has uh, a scope. That's probably, probably the word I should yeah, yeah. find everything. With, with things that are this big, scope probably would be the, the a better way to say it. Um, some, mm -hmm. of your, some of your phrasing there in talking about putting these together makes me wonder. Because you know, most bands, you talk to them, including us, it, there's a riff, and then you add another riff, and you figure out which one's the chorus. You you figure out a bridge and an end, and you you move along. You're talking about compositions and ideas and structures. Do you when you start on something, do you just have like a whole big damn idea, or does it start with a riff like any other thing? It starts with okay. I come from filmmaking, so I, I treat everything like a screenplay in many ways. So each song, in many ways, is almost a story. 
So I treat each song with a storyline, and the storyline itself dictates the development of the music. So I, myself, or even myself or Joel, if we start off with one simple concept, one idea. What am I trying to say? What is the song about? What is the, the the principal theme of this song? Sometimes we start from the name of the song before the music is even written. Sometimes from a riff. Sometimes from image. And then based on that, I actually develop a full-blown story around it. And then I write the music based on the story. So it's almost operatic. I'm not sure if operatic is the right way to put it. It's more, it's more about storytelling, really. I think right. that, like, I don't know, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of connotation attached to the word operatic, you know. And oh, yeah, yeah, no, I obviously don't mean that the negative with any of the negative. I, okay, yeah, you're right. I should have phrased that differently. <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes people, you know, I mean, and I have nothing wrong with opera. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. I think the last track of the record has a lot of opera elements to it, but, um, when it comes down to like a story where it's big or small, you know, some parts of the record are very small. It's about trying to tell a story and trying to find a way to find music that mirrors the moods within what's happening within the story. That, what's to love there is that the vocals can be sparse sometimes. So you're telling mm-hmm. the story, your idea is telling the story through all of these big musical movements and things like that. Yeah. Telling it without words mm-hmm. is necessary. Okay. That's uh, I, I dig it, man. How you know? And speaking of the uh, the vocals kind of being few and far between, sometimes how do you decide where those go? When's called for? It's a tough one, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that'd be a tough question to answer. It's kind of yeah, like I, just I mean, f- nobody. Yeah, nobody, nobody asked nobody asked this question before. <laughs> huh. I don't know. It come, you know, like it comes down to the mood, to the flow. The flow is very important. The scope is very important. You know. Um, because in regards to vocals, you know, it's a very, very tough thing to try to do something that is both relatable as well as not autobiographical, if it makes sense. Because it will limit um, the message in many ways. Right. So trying to do something, I don't, want, I don't want to use the word vague, but something that can be interpreted differently from many different people depending on what's going on in their life. So I try to keep the words as open, the lyrics as open-ended as possible. Nice. At the same time, when you at at the same time, I also think that vocals sometimes, especially in this record, are almost secondary to the music because yes. I write the storyline in my head of what's going on, almost like a a music video. I imagine the music video what's going on in the story, then apply the music to match the dynamics within the storyline, and then when I, when called upon, when it's proper to put vocals on it, for example, when I think okay, this is a big moment, this needs harsh vocals. Or just a very subtle moment, you know, I can whisper here and kind of play it off of that. So I kind of, I treat voice just like an instrument. So I try not to abuse the guitars, not to abuse the melodies, not to abuse the, the orchestra itself and try to make sure that everything is somewhat more balanced. That, and so that has to be a, with all the thing, with all the moving parts here, that has to be no small amount of consternation. And putting it all all together, yeah, you know, it's a lot of work, a lot of concentration, a lot of support, um, a lot of back and forth between all the bandmates, and a lot of kill your darlings, and a lot of believing in each other and believing in yourself. You know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough process. I'm not gonna lie. It sounds like we we, we do the cop out. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's a riff. There's a riff. We're done with this. Here's a riff. There's a riff. Everywhere's a riff. Riff. Hey, vocalist, you put some words on top of it. We're calling that a song. Yeah, we're done. Song. 
What story? Right. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of the stories, let's uh we open the show with uh the title track from the new album. What what is the story there? I'm not gonna tell you. Oh the mystery. Now we really we want to know even more now. Okay. okay you just so, want you just want to leave it up for interpretation like you were just saying? Yeah, a little bit. You know, like I just mentioned earlier, I just feel that, you know, um, I just feel like many things mean many different things depending on what's going on in a person's a person's life, and you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some songs that probably you would be embarrassed to sh- to to tell other people, hey, you know that I like this artist because maybe that artist represents you at a different time, represents something, it reminds you something was going on in your life maybe ten years ago, maybe twenty years ago. So, and sometimes the, the, I'm sure there's artists that everybody absolutely loves, but they mean absolutely nothing to you because maybe. You just cannot relate. So again, it's all about tr- finding a way to relate. Yeah, and, sure. Like this Brian was... with Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I just <laughs> want to break stuff. It's okay. Sorry, we I... are, you know we. Are... No, it's not great. I mean, I have, I have, I have to think. Hey, you know, I actually like this. You know, because <laughs> maybe it reminds me of something, or it gives me a message that I can only relate. You know, and I don't, I don't want. I just want to limit that. You know, I want to be able. I want folks that listen, to, read the lyrics, to be able to find what they want to find in it. Nice. What what about the name of the band? Uh, Baraha. Yeah. Oh, Baraha. Dual, dual meaning for me. Uh, literally, Baraha is the is the avatar of the god Vishnu in boar form that lifts the earth the earth from underneath the ocean. So it's a a symbol of rebirth in many ways and a symbol of strength. But also, it's funny. Uh, I have friends, you know, traveling, make good friends in Puerto Rico, and. And a friend of mine, when I, when I mentioned the name, a friend in Puerto Rico said, uh, Baraja, like the deck of cards, because Baraja, Baraja with a B is very similar to the Spanish word Baraja with a B as a boy. And Baraja in Spanish means deck of cards as in, hey, these are the, the cards you're dealt with in, dealt with in life. Uh-huh. So it's a representation of fate. Yeah, that's cool. So it almost has a, a dual meaning, you know, between... Uh, is everything already written, or do I have a say? Can I change my own life? So I have a contracting meeting that kind of like sold me on it. That's I'm sold. I'll yeah, buy, I'll buy it. That's I'll pretty buy cool. I, I'm buying too. You, uh, this album has a handful of guests on it, and some of them are kind of a big deal. How do you, uh, how do you work that out? Specifically, Mike Lust for Clint, right? Mike Lust is amazing, man. <laughs> I don't know. I just rolled the dice, man. I mean, I think that uh, signing me for Static after being inactive in music for such a long time felt like a second chance of life musically, at least. And I just want to go all in. Um, and I already started. I already did some uh, orchestral stuff on my own personally, and it got. I started off with a, even with a duet, you know, between Bruce Lamont in EP with uh, the cello player and uh, with Joseph Boyer. And then afterwards, I did a smaller orchestral. And then when we signed, I said, you know what? I want to go big. I want to bring a full orchestra on the record. And I just reached out to my peers. Ultimately, you know, I reached out to my, you know, my close old time friend. And I hit up Greg Norman at Electrical Audio. And uh, again, I hit up Bruce Lamont. My friend said, hey, guys, I have this crazy idea. I want to put together an orchestra. And... It just kind of like just sometimes in life you just gotta like open your mouth and say, "Hey, I want to do this." And everybody was, we're super, you know, we're super excited to help out. Everybody's like, "You know what? Hey, I know this person would be really interested. I know this person actually knows about you guys and actually would be love to help network within the field." So, um, 
I uh, I hired uh, Christina Lee from the Oak Park and River Forest Symphony Orchestra, which she already collaborated with me when uh, with my solo orchestral arrangement. And she helped me find a bunch of other people. And then Greg Norman from Electrical got me in touch with Chuck Bontrager from Hamilton, the American musical. And Chuck became a really big part of the record where uh, him and I collaborated intensively with uh, the violin arrangements. He was violin one for the orchestra. And uh, then uh, my friend Bruce Lamont, I'm sorry, Bruce Lamont obviously had did a spot on the record on, on uh, Disbelief. And then um, uh, uh, Nick from Bond Gripper. There's a part that I needed some some uh, some manipulation sampling. So I hit up Nick from Bond Gripper, you know, and he, and, uh, he was in, uh, into it and we did it. And then I, I needed some theremin. I got Ellie Hunger from the Valkyrie Lewis group. I shipped with some Thurman and I mean a few other people. Nick from Nick uh, Broste from uh Mukapazza who recorded with Mono got I got him on uh, trombone and I got uh, Nora Barton on cello. And actually Nick Broste is the one who recorded the orchestra, although although our co-producer, sound engineer Adam Stilson, uh recorded the metal and then mixed the whole thing and mastered the whole thing. So oh, yeah, man. this was a definitely a like a nightmare. big group effort. And I know it's weird. It seems like I'm just name dropping here. What it comes <laughs> down to, we, did, we, we talked about, we talked about this earlier when we used the word community, it really came to the point where the community just came together, really, you know, and everybody in Chicago kind of stood up and said, Hey, sure. I'm going to help out. I'm really into this. And we all known each other, some of us for 20 years or more. And we said, Hey, Let's make it happen. That's fantastic, man. That is fucking great. Um, you, I know that you, if I understand right, you compose all the orchestral parts, but what is mm-hmm. your part when that is getting recorded? Are you playing an instrument? Are you, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The guy conducting. Conducting. Are you conducting? Yeah, are I, you- mean, I mean, of course. I, I had, uh, Let's rewind a little bit. The way I, I had a one, I have a, I had a wonderful coach, couple coaches actually that helped me with, you know, navigate through this because, you know, remember we talked about we, if, when we signed, we talked about like I had a, maybe a six, four months preparation before going to the studio with the orchestra because, you know, they had, you know, all the orchestra performer were about to get busy with the, with the winter season. So first and foremost, I, I surrounded myself with talented people that would do, help me with this process. So, um, uh, William Eldridge at Third City Sound Studios worked with me as co-director to make sure everything was fine, everything was ready, and then we pretty much lined up everything at home. And then at the studio, I ended up creating um, reference tracks, you know, with um, with a time reference tracks, which made it easy for me to conduct people. When, and when I say conduct people, we're talking about like discussing, making changes on the fly and such, and being assisted by people. So I guess I guess maybe. Do you guess you were conducting? Yeah, yeah. I okay. guess I was conducting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's really just mind blowing. The more I listen to the album, the more it it just you know the heavy parts are obviously heavy and amazing, and then you know the way that we've talked about where the vocals are sparse and it it works really well, and then to to wrap some of these things up with those big, pretty, and beautiful or- orchestral things. It's a it's a really interesting and worthwhile listen. I, I I love it, man. It's it and it's a it's a big listen. You know what I mean? It's not you're not listening to a pop song. Obviously, there's a lot going on. And it, it's fun to hear kind of all the things that go into that. 
I really appreciate that. Yes, it's a, it's a it's definitely a big record, and uh, it kind of backfired a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I wouldn't assume that that's easy to pull off live. <laughs> uh, well, eventually we'll bring the orchestra live. You know, I'm actually hoping one day to bring the full orchestra. They all want to do it. It just you know comes down to paint people. Really, you know, we would be able to bring the orchestra if we're playing a big festival and such, or uh, maybe a tile hall in Chicago or at the Metro. But you know, for now, we just keep the metal alive. Right, right. You know, we want. You know, I, I just it, it's and we do we purposely do it because we want to provide a different experience. The, the record is meant to be listened to at home during rainy days. But when it comes to Baraha Live, it's kind of a different story. We pump up the gears, we pump up the BPM. We're definitely more, I don't want to say harsher, but we're definitely more aggressive and we're a metal band live. You know, I want to make sure we're clarifying that, you know, we're not, we're not trying to be a soundtrack band when we're on stage, although I love those bands. You know, when we're on stage, we want that live energy. Yeah. Uh, the, the human, the human element, especially, you know, of course, sometimes there's going to be imperfections, sometimes there's going to be, just a different kind of vibe, really, you know. Yeah, no, and uh, that makes sense. I love hearing you say that you speed up the BPMs when you're playing live to kind of egg on the uh, participation in the metal, for lack of a less generic way of saying it. That, that's that's cool to know that. Um, with the with the live thing, it, it always interests me. Have you ever had any performance anxiety with that? Is it is it ever been? nerve-wracking getting up there playing these big things live no for me not really i've experienced in the field already and you know i pretty much you know my whole life my whole adult life i'm used to like dealing with the public you know coming you know again coming from belt bartending also coming from filmmaking i'm used to like dealing with people being from a large group of people and just trying to perform and also first and foremost so i'm pretty comfortable when it comes to that uh secondly I just think that live performance, you know, is a magical thing where I don't want to say you get into a trance. Uh, it's almost a theater play. You put on a mask and you perform. So you lose yourself and you become somebody else. And that's a, a magical thing to me. I'm sure you know, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with bands, you know, that go on stage, you know, and wearing shorts and, and cracking jokes in between set, you know, um, Everybody's different, and that's fun. I love it. It's time to play for everything. But when it comes down to our music, maybe my background, I'm Italian, so maybe that's my background thing. Uh, when it comes to performance, it's a matter of respecting the performance and also respecting the audience. So you dress accordingly, just like as if you were going to a theater play and such, and you put on the mask and you perform, you lose yourself and you become somebody else, and also you become part of the whole. You become part of the band at the same time. So there's a lot of things going on in a performer's head where you have to keep all these things in mind, respecting the audience, respecting the performance, respecting yourself and respecting your bandmates and all this hyper concentration leaves no time for anxieties. You just focus on doing your best. Yeah, that, that I'm inspired. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of inspirations, what, what inspired you to pick up the guitar? Uh, my dad, maybe when I was eight or nine, <laughs> found a guitar in the trash and brought it home. <laughs> okay. And I said, and I said, cool. And then the week <laughs> after, like I was probably, I was probably, yeah, I was probably nine or ten actually. And then the week after, he brought me uh, "Paranoid" by Black Sabbath Ooh. and 
and and he got me our maiden uh killers <laughs> yeah put you on oh yeah oh yeah i'm a metalhead put you on the right track immediately yeah so well let's go through your influences real quick here before we start to wrap up what's uh Uh, what gets fabio through a day my dogs (laughs) okay (laughs) musical (laughs) instrument musical influence i'm just just joking joking. uh I've seen you posting. I I see your 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 personal Instagram there with all the posts about the dogs. I know that that is actually true, (laughs) but I still want to know about the musical. (laughs) I don't know, man. I was, you know what? Believe it or not, we joked about Mike Gloss. Mike Gloss playlists are my, you know, are my uh, one of my big influences because when we, you know, we work together uh, sometimes, and it's so easy to get in a loop and kind of get used to like what you're listening to. So lately I've been trying to explore to all different kinds of stuff. So I get to work and tell my, and tell my peers, Hey, you know what? You play something. I'm going to learn something new. Uh, and also I work at many music venues. So I'm exposed to a lot of new artists playing every day, all different kinds of genres. Oh, that'd be awesome. So it's a weird thing. When I say I'm, I'm inspired by all kinds of things, it's kind of truth because I'm trying not to limit myself. Within one specific genre, of course, I cherish the old, I cherish the old band, the old metal bands, because they laid the path for me to, to be where I am right now. But at the same time, I'm also looking forward. I'm looking, okay, what else is going on around me? How, how else can other bands, not metal and not, can inspire me? Um, because like we said earlier, it all depends, you know, it's, it all comes down to the story. You know, if I have a story that is more tragic, of course, I'm going to like, be inspired by very tragic music, but if I'm writing music very aggressive, you know, I'm looking at like very aggressive bands. So, sure, that, that, um, would, that makes sense, I, right? I hope I'm not. Yeah, I hope I'm not avoiding the question. No, 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 it's you fine. It's it just, it's just, you know, it just. Um, I try not to limit myself. You know, listen to a lot of metal. I listen to a lot of stuff from Warp Records. Uh, I even listen to house music. You know, I like some indie rock, but primarily older stuff. Really, like low. Um, and um, ooh, that's awful. there's the dog soundtrack <laughs> soundtrack music a lot, you know, for film and uh, old and new and uh, video game music actually inspires me. Soundtrack, sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, no, video, yeah, video, actually more so. We know I'm, these, these are trends that's not developed as much here in the states, but especially in London or in Japan, there's a lot of like symphony orchestras or philharmonic orchestra that perform music by video games. I like that stuff. Cool. Yeah, and, and it comes through in your writing and everything. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, and your Morricone, obviously, being, you know, like, probably number one inspiration as far as what the work he has done with Sergio Leone, with all the Spaghetti Western, actually, ever since I was a kid, uh, and I was I was born and raised in Rome, um, my parents pretty much, and I was, I was, I grew up watching Sergio Leone's films, and obviously... Hell, who hasn't? You know, I'm sorry. I said, "Who hasn't?" I'm actually named after Clint Eastwood from the the old nice. spaghetti western. I love spaghetti, and I think that's amazing. I love spaghetti too. It is. Uh, <laughs> I think it's amazing. You know that. And again, you know, we talked about this. You know, con- again, early we talked about this connection. You know, sometimes we go, we move forward, but we also pay respect to the old. So just like you know, you said you called Clint after Clint Eastwood. It's almost like a beautiful homage to your your family into your uh to roots in many ways i try so much to respect my roots overseas but also to be enriched by as much as possible we, you know the music community in chicago is so amazing so diverse and here in the states and the world i guess and 
I, I try really not to limit myself, you know, within one specific genre. And that's why, you know, with Baraha, we're like, okay, we have the freedom to do whatever we want. Let's not limit ourselves to one genre. Let's hey, this is what I'm, let's, let's approach music in this regard. We're adults. I can do whatever I want. Hell and yeah. it's more, it comes down to what, what genre of music can make, help this conversation versus pinpointing one specific band. This really all comes down to the moods. Sure. All right. So we're going to wrap it. Enough of the seriousness. Yeah, now. we're, we're, we're get, working our way towards the end here and we're going to get goofy with you. Yeah. So, well, well these are hard hitting questions. I got a series of rapid fire questions for you. Two options. Pick the one that you prefer or describes you most. And uh, there's only about 10 or something, so it'll only take a second. You okay? You ready? All right. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Toilet paper, under or over? Uh, under, because there's spiders underneath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Beatles, Beatles or Stones? None of them? I'm kidding. The Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be okay, too. Um, Simpsons or Family Guy? The Simpsons. Hammett or Hetfield? Hetfield. Uh, yeah, I got that one right. Uh, beer or liquor? Both. <laughs> Clint, Clint's, I'll say, I'm going to say li- liquor. Liquor, okay. I think I know the answer to this one. Woods or ocean? The ocean. Ooh, I got that one wrong. Yeah. Fall or spring? Fall. And the grand finale. One. Sausage links or patties? Patties. That's the correct answer. <laughs> the right one. That's the correct answer. All right, Clint, close it up. We are going to get you out of here, Fabio. Obviously, we appreciate your time this uh, beautiful Saturday, beautiful, ex- excruciatingly hot Saturday, especially on a day where you've got a big ass important festival to play and all of these things. We are going to get out of your hair, but first we are going to do our trophy. You've heard it a thousand times before, but now we're asking you. You get sent off to an island. You get to take one album with you. What album will that be? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I knew this was gonna be tough. Low by David Bowie. What is it? Low by David Bowie. Low by David Bowie. David Bowie, nice. That's uh, I think you're the first David Bowie. Yeah. That's uh it's always interesting to see where these things go, man. It you get the the really heavy people who say really soft things and it, it it's just always fun to see where these go. Again, Fabio, we really appreciate your time. Uh, we hope you guys absolutely destroy shit tonight. And uh, we look forward to what Varaha does going forward and talking to you again sometime. Thank you so much. Have a good one, man. Have a thank good weekend. So much for, thank, you, thank you so much for having me, guys. No problem. Bye-bye. All right. That was dumb. Yeah. Seriously, we've got to stop talking to people who are so much smarter than we are. That was sarcasm. For it, uh, yeah, clearly that was you, sarcasm. Seven of you listening. It, uh, it, it, I just can't keep up. I'm stupid. These people are smart. It, he doesn't lie. Uh, no, of course not. Uh, anyways, yes, check out Varaha. They, uh, uh you know, doom post metal and all of these other things. It's, uh, well worth your time. <sighs> uh, in the news, <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? Big yawn and uh oh, yeah. In 
the news. In fucking breaking news. Unfortunately, super duper unfortunately, Chris Adler has left Lamb of God. Kind so, of saw this coming. I don't. I didn't. I mean, of course, there's been a bunch of shit surrounding it, but I would. I would have lost money. Let's just put it. I. I no. I. I, I would have had that. It, especially after seeing. Uh, I believe it's Art Cruz. We're not actually looking at the article. This happened after we already had everything set up for today. Um, especially after seeing Art Cruz, I still think yeah. his name is yeah. play at uh, Sonic a while back, and just how fucking perfectly he nailed all those drum yeah, parts. Yeah, he's great, but there's something... Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I, I'm not going to disagree with that, but at the same time, you know, there's... It's not that he was gone from the band. It's not that he was recovering from an accident and all that. It's that everybody was not saying anything about anything. That well, was, I thought that was just PR shit. No, just, that's this a, is how you keep it going. If it, if he was coming back, they'd have been talking about how yeah, the recovery's going well. He'll be back, you know, hoping to be back by. Yeah, there's no news in that though. There's there's right. No drama. That's why you say that to just kind of wipe it all out. They have been dead silent. So has Adler, and then he starts announcing that he's coming back to to the stage, but with some with a band that is not Lamb of God. I'm or, gonna tell you, it's a worse band. This is the David Silvera all over again. Is it? So there you go. Dude, I'm telling you, fucking five years from now, there's going to be the reunion tour. Oh, he, yeah. Oh, yeah. That Yes, he is coming back. Mm. I can guarantee you that. I mean, his brother's still in the damn band. Right. <laughs> That's a weird thing, too. That is weird. There, I mean, I guess it's just out of curiosity. I want curiosity. I wonder what, what the fuck. We'll never find out. We talked The last time we talked about this, I brought up because I've watched, as many probably have, all the behind the scenes stuff. And he is the dad band. He lives. He's lived, lived for Lamb of God. You're him. But I think maybe that he got tired of that. Maybe I, he's going to play something different. I would bet it's a, a him and Randy thing. Even after Randy got sober, they always seemed to butt heads. Okay. Well, speaking of butt heads, um, Mudvayne is in the news. Yes. I don't know what for. They're not coming back? They're Another? not coming back. Give the people what they want, but wait, apparently nobody wants this. Well, yeah, you just go listen to Hell Yeah, it's close enough. It's, it's nowhere near as good as the first one, LP50 or whatever it was called. LD50. LD50. Lethal, but, lethal Dose? Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, the, the funny part of this thing, to me, was uh, where it says at the end of the article about how Mudvayne did not tour behind its fifth album which was barely promoted and sold weekly upon release. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that they went out with such a fucking whimper because that was that was like their most radio ready. They'd had this shit all practiced by then. I fell off after LED fifty. There was actually a couple songs on that one that I was okay with. I, granted, this is back when I had twelve hours a day to listen to shit, so I was more likely to listen to shit like this <laughs> because I just ran out of things. But. It, it, that yeah. is, this doesn't affect me at all. Really. No, it yeah. doesn't affect probably any damn body because <laughs> nobody actually wants it. It's just funny that every now and then it still gets brought up. I know one person, a, a friend of mine, who randomly texted text me today who who actually turned me on to them back in when that first came out. And he still brings it up. Like a couple of years ago, I posted something about I was working out to it or something. I said, oh, you know, I found this thing. And he, and he <laughs> commented like almost instantly. Remember who tu- who turned you on to that band fucking in 2001 or some right. shit? Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> uh, hey, Rob, you don't listen, but that's uh, yeah, you. Hi, anyways. Yeah. I actually, I've seen them, but... I think I have at a, at a festival. The, was that the first time Oscars? I should have saw them was at the Tiny Ass Al Rosa Villa 
Relative Ash, a band that oh, put yeah. out an album and was done a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Open for them. Went and saw Relative Ash, rocked my ass off, didn't give half a shit about Mudvayne. Went back and, as a probably underage person, drank all of Relative <laughs> Ash's beer probably and hung out with them. At one point, the singer looked at us and said, you guys don't want to go see Mudvayne? Fuck them. I'm hanging out with Relative Ash. So you guys have got about? beer. Um, would you still like Rel- Relative Ash today? I listened to that. I've listened to that album this year. Um, it, it's if you're in a Deftones mood and you get tired of the three good Deftones albums, but you still want some Deftones, it's okay to go back through. What about Forty Below Summer? No. I always think of them when, like, for some reason. No, there's that one song that they had on the soundtrack that I can still hear every now and then, but other than that, just no. Uh, speaking of y- yes, good for you, Randy. Clint has appropriately. Yeah, we can probably skip a second uh, Lamb of God article. Oh, okay. Um, no more Lamb of God. Final article here. Um, this is a good one. This is good uh, epitome of stupidity head to toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Justin Bieber's wife has slammed Maynard Keenan. Uh, his behavior was very childish when he told people that it's, un- what was it, unfortunate? Or it, what is it? What Maynard, is it? Uh, Maynard came back with hashtag bummer, bummer when yes. Bieber came out talking about how much he likes Tool. Which is pretty shitty. Um, I don't care who you are. You know, we make music. I don't care who you are. If someone likes it, you like it, and you appreciate that someone likes your music. I don't care if it is Justin Bieber. Um, but we are not the weirdo that is James Maynard Keenan. Maynard, Maynard James Keenan. Keenan Maynard James. <laughs> so, uh, and it got him in the news. So we're dumb. He's smart. He's rich. We're poor. Yeah. This is in Maynard's a dickhead. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to call him that. I. He treats his fans like shit, though. I guess. Exactly. He's a dickhead. He's not. I get what you're saying. Takes one to know one, and we're kind of, right. <laughs> we're probably parsing it here. Yeah. He's just, I, I you, you get the feeling sometimes that he's just tired of all of this, especially well, the Jesus tool Christ. end of it. He's got 19 fucking bands, so right. I don't feel sorry for him. Neither do I. 19 fucking bands, a vineyard, a vineyard, a, yeah, a fucking persona to keep up. He's got his own thing going on. To the albums, to the albums, to the albums, to the albums. Batman, <laughs> Norma Jean, Norma Jean, all hail. I'm a parrot. Solid state records. Solid state records. That's all the bl- that's all the bold words. So I'm done. That's all. <laughs> uh, Norma Jean has a new album coming out October 25. It is called All Hail. They've released a new song off of it. It's called Not to be confused with the band All Hell. Mind over mind. It uh, it sounds like Norma Jean. I know a lot of people were done with Norma Jean. I don't know mid 2000s. We still more or less like them. I might yeah, be pick any album. They all sound the same, and you're good to go. Right. Uh, I'm more or less. I, I might be kind of nearing the end of my rope with them, but I will listen to the new album. I've liked their last two albums. That Wrongdoers album is really excellent. But uh, let's see what All Hail has to bring in a couple months. All right. Now what? There it is. Reviews. Now we're on to reviews. Reviews. Okay. Reviews. Uh, did you actually? Um, it, how do you pronounce that word? Torch, torche. Which one? Torchy, torch. Per my youngest child, who went and saw them last night with Baroness, in a show that we skipped out on because neither one of us, are, well, I'm not a fan of the Baroness new album, and I knew they would play a ton of it, and How'd you just weren't going to go. Period. How would he go? How that? She took him. Yeah. Oh God. Right. Anyways. Um. It is Torch. Huh. Yeah. And uh, we are going to review their with new album. E on the end. That's why. It's, e. it's like the French pronunciation with the silent E. Yeah. Torche. Torche. 
We're going to review their new album, which title I did not write down, so I don't know what it is. Do you know what it is? No. I don't either. Who's in charge of this shit? You. D. Admission. Oh. The name of the new album is Admission. Okay. I admit that I know that now. I admit that I barely listened to it. Yeah. It was on. And that was it. Yeah. And then it wasn't on anymore. And then it wasn't on anymore. Yeah. Hmm. I did more than that. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You even going to bother with giving it a shit? No. No? It was just right down the middle of the road. It didn't bother me enough to turn it off. It didn't unbother me enough to listen. And see, that was my first run through with it. But then, like, it stuck in the back of my fucking brain, and I found myself going back to it a second or third time, and that was when I texted you about it. Is this their first album? No. God, no. They've been around forever. They've uh, and all their albums, they're kind of famous for all their albums being pretty different. Um, this one is uh, it's better than I thought it would be. It was the first time I listened to it. It was I, I was more or less on par with what you were talking about, but then, like I said, it just kind of grabbed the back of my brain, and I had to come back to it. So you like it, kind of like with that '68 band, and it, I still don't know if I like it or not. I'm going to give it. Shits are always. Zero is piece of shit. Five is the shit. I'm going to give this a middle of the road two and a half because I'm going to yeah. keep coming back to it. I've listened to it a handful of times in the past week. It's, uh, there was no, <laughs> perfect. there was no punchline there, buddy. That's perfect. That's perfect. It's, it, uh, <laughs> the music is really good. I have a hard time with the vocals. Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> I have a hard time with up. the vocals, but, uh, it's not bad. It's it's faster and heavier than I thought it would be. No pressure. We just had two band members walk no, in no. and just sit and stare at us. We had so. two band members walk in and the uh come to find out the fifth one died today. Yeah. So Um Yeah, I'll give it two and a half. Torch admission. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Or I, don't. I, yeah. I or yeah. Do whatever you want. You're your own man. I was gonna do that anyways. Shut up, Brian. You're not my fucking supervisor. Now what do we have to do? We have to do Gear Geekin. A Gear Geekin. Clint? I have a course pedal now and <laughs> it's just a cheap Behringer guitar course pedal. The 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 fun in the story is the expensive one you bought isn't as good as yeah, the cheap one. I you bought, bought. A, an expensive bass course pedal and it sucked. To this for the bass. So what ended up working? <laughs> the super cheap guitar course pedal. Ah. And just in a completely unrelated manner, I'd like to throw in, go fuck yourself, Brian. Thank you, Clint. I'm here for you. All right. Love you, boo. Love you, too. Uh, I got a guitar yesterday in the mail, and it came in the world's biggest guitar case. And it's the world's most expensive piece of wall art. Wall art guitar. Um, They're, they're pretty ugly. It's a uh, Razorback. Dean Dime, Dean Dimebag Daryl signature. The, the key to the purchase was it came with a set of his signature pickups, which are two hundred dollars in themselves, and the hard case, and an almost mint condition for two hundred sixty bucks. I had to buy it. Which seriously, you've got to find something to do with this fucking case. It's taking up it's the whole room. It's the biggest case. The ever. whole room. Hiding one, hiding a pretty ugly guitar in there too. But the whole room. It'll look sexy on the wall. And say I, so. And I might use it once in a while. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe. That's all. I believe I said maybe, right? Are you eating yourself? I had a hair in my mouth. So I think yes. there was a hair in my beard. So yes. Or someone else someone else's someone hair. Someone else's hair. A mouse hair. It was a hair. small one too. A mouse hair. From the from the factory. <laughs> the brewery. Better than mouse poop, I guess. Yeah. That's it. 
You want to do? You don't want to do the carnival, Barker? You set it up? Nope. Okay. We are on all the social media outlets. As long as all of the social media outlets are Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, find us, like us, follow us. We're also on all kinds of podcast places. Are we doing a giveaway? To something? No, not yet. We're not going to set that up yet. Okay. Um, we have an email. I'm not going to tell it to you because you don't use it anyways. And uh, in the background, we've got more Varaha. A different A song. different Varaha. Climax and Exile, which you brought up. Which is the oldest song on the album. It's, it originally should have been on their EP, but it was not. And it fits in very nicely here. And it's going to take <laughs> us out. Okay, bye. <laughs>